0: Greetings, Earthlings, we, we come, come in, in peace. peace. You get it, peace, for the spirit? Okay. Anyway, did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? Yes, it's true. <laughs> Take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know that you are out there or stop by on a Sunday
1: sometime. We'd love to connect with you. Also, if you'd like to get plugged in, we are having Echo Culture next week at 10:15 in the community studio on the 3rd floor. This is where you can find your people, learn about this place, and discover your purpose. You do not, I repeat, you do not want to miss this opportunity for growth. Come for the in person. And speaking about
0: finding your people, Table groups are kicking off as well next week. Go to our website and sign up
1: today under the group tab. Yes. Lastly, thank you for your generosity and thank you for giving your tithe 10% of your income as worship to God and his kingdom work. If you are looking, look, oh my goodness, if you are looking to give, head to our website, text any amount to 84321. You got it.
0: Enjoy Echo Sunday service.
2: Yes,
1: enjoy, please.
0: At the moment, God, we just come back to your throne room. God, we come back to the heart of worship to be reminded, God, that you are greater, God, that you are stronger than the trials that we face. Stronger than the sickness that seems to embody. So, God, this morning we surrender all to you. In this holy moment, we come back to
2: the altar.
1: church as Dexter's singing that song those words hit me a little different today as we sing I surrender all (laughs) if you're anything like me the all component the all word is what I have a problem with we're being honest. If we're truly reflecting our hearts, our ambitions, our lives, uh, our souls, the all component is what kind of gets in the way. I had this image, uh, or or I think of this story, uh, and this happens at my house quite often. My somehow uh, somehow my children acquire a lot of candy. Anybody relate? And they'll come downstairs, and you know, from their secret place the hidden place and they'll have pockets full of candy and at our house we you know try to limit our children for obvious reasons and um, but I have this image of like okay Keza give us the candy and what she does is she gives me one piece but I know she hasn't quite surrendered all I think in a day like today what I want to do is sing this again And I wanna look at this song just a little differently today. That it's not the fact that you've surrendered all yet, but you're getting there. I mean, let's be honest, we come into church, we walk into our daily life and and there are moments where we realize there are certain areas of our lives, attitudes, behaviors, agendas, dreams that we haven't quite surrendered. And today I just wanna allow the Holy Spirit in us, that we might just surrender another piece of candy to Jesus. Can we do that? Dexter, will you lead us? I surrender all. Let's make this our prayer church. I surrender
0: all. I surrender
1: God, you are the potter and we are the clay. Would you mold us? Would you shape us? May a day like today be a reminder. May there be a moment where you begin to reveal what you desire to restore within us. Soften our hearts, open our minds. May your spirit do what we cannot do. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with that, would you say amen? series called 100% Juice." Look at your neighbor and say 100% Juiced. What we're talking about is does your label, the outside label of what you carry, does it match the inside contents? The byline to 100% Juice" is when squeezed. Look at your neighbor and say when squeezed. But after this week, I, I thought about changing it to when masked. Oh, that just hit way too close to home. (laughs) That hit way too close to home. I mean, here's the deal. There are life circumstances. There are situations. And we we may like them or not. The question is, is, will our choices, will the contents of inside of us be seen as matching the outside of who we are? And what I'd hope, we would find is that we would claim to be the disciples of Jesus and yet the proof of discipleship would come out. Y'all get what I'm saying here? Stop judging me so much. All I can see is your eyes today. I need courtesy laughs. I need some amens. I need some help today. Come on. Hey girl, hey. (laughs) Your eyes are so beautiful, Nate. Thank you. Um, But the fruit of the spirit. How about, how about this? The fruit of the spirit, I, I, just a little small little recap so we know where we're going or where we've come from so we can move forward. The fruit of the spirit is not just a goal. We need to see them as seeds planted within our soul or our soil. What I need you to understand is the fruit of the spirit is not self-help. It's an invitation of spirit help. The spirit help. And Look at your neighbor again. I'll, maybe I'm gonna stop doing this after this one, but I say, hey, we need some help. We need some help from the spirit to begin to produce within us life in the midst of a society that just feels like, man, there's a lot of darkness and death around us. Uh, let's open up our Bibles up to Galatians chapter 22. And as you're looking at your Bibles, I also find Luke 13. We're going to eventually get to that. But what we can read on the screen is the fruit of the spirit. As we see our uh, the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And some of you who, who are rule followers or detail-orientated people, you're like, well, well, wait, are we skipping peace and patience? No, I, I'm the pastor. I get to choose whatever I want to talk about when I want to talk about it. <laughs> That's just how it goes. So eventually, we're going to get back there. Just be patient with me. Stop. Okay, come, come on. You can, feel, you can feel I'm a little edgy today, so we're going to move on. Uh, but what I've been wanting to do is look at the scripture and begin to mirror it with Jesus's teaching. Not only reference the list that Paul has written with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but we also wanna mirror it with Jesus's teaching. Y'all get my drift? And so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna open up to Luke chapter 13, verse six through nine. And what we find it with the context or what's actually going on is Jesus is using a parable. Now, let me help you understand what a parable is. A parable is really just a fable. It is this short story. Jesus used common everyday things to make a point. Now, here's a side note. Jesus does the same thing in your life. He wants to use the little things, the small little things that begin to bother you to begin to teach you something. And so when was the last time you ask jesus when something was bothering you what are you trying to teach me okay now that was free that, that i know that's again way too way too pertinent and too relative in what we're going through but but that you have to understand is when we're squeezed when we feel that pressure when we feel like like man we don't want to you know like it just there's a tension i would suggest to you that that is an opportunity jesus is trying or, or, or maybe a thing in your life that Jesus is trying to leverage in order to teach you something. Y'all get what I'm saying? Luke chapter 13, verse six says this, as he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and he found none. Now, I believe that the details of scripture Matters. And what we see in the story is this, is there is a fig tree in the vineyard. Now we can easily glance over that and not think that that detail matters, but, but I wanna suggest to you that it does. Now what I have on the, on, uh, on the stage here is a, what is called a fiddle leaf fig tree. Does anybody have a fiddle leaf in your house? Okay, just a few of you. We've had a few in our house. Uh, Okay, we've had one. It came and it left. And, and uh, you know, honestly, Christy has become a, uh, she's really into horticulture and has actually done a really good job with many, many plants. But a fiddle leaf was one that did not last at her house for whatever reason. But bottom line is this is a fig leaf tree. This is a fig tree. And I want you to see that imagery, that a tree like this, not the exact one, not the same, maybe, uh, I don't even know what you call it. Is it a breed? Is, uh, anybody help me with that? Species. Hey, girl, hey. The species is not exact, but it was similar. And 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 what I want you to understand about this first little passage that we read was was this. I believe it's safe to say that a fig leaf or a fig tree planted in a vineyard, that little small little detail will begin to, give us that idea that the fig leaf tree was not the first priority for the farmer or the servant. So what we're seeing here is the man, the owner of the vineyard comes in and he has his ambitions. He knows what, wants, what he wants to do and, and the ground uh, that he owns. And he walks in and he sees that the fig leaf has not budded. It has not produced fruit. And, and, and so what I want you to see is that in a small little detail, there is a main focus, which is the vineyard and maybe quite possibly the secondary responsibility, even if that for the farmer or the servant is the fig tree. And I would, I would say this, I'd go as far as saying this, is the, this farmer who was an expert in the vineyard may not be an expert with the fig. Okay, let's continue on. It continues on and it says this. And he said to the vine dresser, okay, the farmer, the servant, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? I'll give you a few fig tree facts. I'm absolutely fascinated and, and, uh, about the fig tree. But what we find, if you do a little study, the fig leaf will take anywhere between three to five years to produce fruit. In the Middle East, in the, in the culture in which Jesus is teaching, the fig leaf or the fig tree was commonly, uh, was, was commonly present. It was also commonly very large, and it was very expansive. And it was expansive because it grew really, really fast. And what is remarkable about the fig leaf is actually it's very drought tolerant, which would begin to tell you that it doesn't take much to actually make a fig leaf grow, that it it will just kind of do its thing. It will continue to grow. It will begin to thrive. But what we see in this story is this man comes, this owner comes into his vineyard and he sees a plant that's not producing fruit year after year after year. And the servant answered him and said this, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and I put On manure, An older older version of the scriptures would say, hey, give me another year and I'm gonna dig around it and I'm gonna dung it. Dig and every look at your neighbor, I said, I'm gonna do this, but dig and dung. That's what he was about to do. He said, give me another year, I'm going to dig around it and I'm gonna put manure on it. And then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good, but if not, I will cut it down. I will cut it down. This man said, what I am committed to doing, this servant of the owner of this ground that he's supposed to be cultivating, looks at the owner and says this, I am committed to dig and dung. I am committed to do the work to see this through. Biblical scholars say actually manuring uh, was common in the middle age, but typically not necessary for the fig tree. Did you hear that? So biblical scholars and people who understand the the context of, of, of the Middle East said manuring was common, but typically not necessary for the fig leaf. So, I mean, let's think about that. And then he continues on. He says, the worker illustrates that he will do everything possible to ensure the survival and fruit bearing of this fig tree. So this story, Jesus is trying to leverage He's he's teaching to try to get a few points across. So, what happens is the the vine dresser, the servant, is saying to the owners, I will try my hardest. I will learn. I will do the work. I'm going to make the effort. I'm going to do everything possible to see this tree bear fruit. Now, what he mentions is he's going to dig. And he's gonna put manure on it, which is one thing. But, but I would venture to say that not only is he going to dig and dung it, he's going to prune it. If you know anything about a fruit tree and, and maybe even just general trees, you do need to prune it. And, and, and as I start looking into the pruning process of the fig tree, the four areas, and, and again, I think we could apply this to our life and, and pruning, uh, would be something like this. This is what the fig farmer would have to do, as you first deal with the lower limbs and the bottom of the fig leaf because there's not enough light exposure. Again, I need you to kind of put your metaphorical mind on her and be able to kind of be, and begin to apply and to interpret this into your soul and some of the pruning that God wants to do in your life. The farmer would deal with the lower level. You realize how big these leaves are. And so the bigger the canopy would come, the more unhealthy the lower leaves would become because there simply was not enough light. Let me commend you in the midst of a rising COVID surge around us. You have made the decision to step into the light and allow God to continue to do his work. And you are to be commended. You're seeking light. How about this one? Another thing that the, the, the farmer might address was, was dealing with the root suckers. <laughs> which take the energy away from the main section of the plant. What it is is the roots would go out and maybe if they were closer to the, to the surface, a new shoot would come up and what the farmer would need to do is cut that shoot off so then all the energy would go into the center shoot. The the third thing that they would have to do is deal with dead limbs, cut off dead limbs that are simply just there and present. And then one thing that I found absolutely fascinating with some of these fig farmers that I was watching videos on YouTube about is what they would do is at the end of the summer, they would mark all of the branches that were not bearing fruit. And when spring came, they would cut those branches off. Branches that do not bear fruit are eventually cut off. And what am I trying to say to you when it comes to the fruit of spirit, specifically about kindness and goodness, it will take our intentionality to see fruit bore in our life. And, and honestly, we, 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 we should not underestimate the necessity of pruning in one's life. I mean, in in the Christian walk, none of us like to hear what we can't or shouldn't do. But when it comes to pruning, it is that intentional work of of looking within our life and our soul and going, hey, if I eliminated this part of maybe this non-light-bearing element in my life, what kind of fruit could actually be produced? Now, I've shared a lot of details with you. I'm maybe boring you with some of those things. And in fact, uh, what I I thought I'd do in the middle of my message here is taste a a golden California fig. Can I hear an amen? I have a confession to make. I have never tasted a fig in my life. Uh, With that confession comes with me telling you that that I actually don't like trying anything new. And just for your entertaining purpose, I thought, you might want to see my reaction of trying a fig for the first time. Anybody want to see that? Okay, just for some entertainment value here today. You know, uh, I, sometimes in the, the heaviness of, um, of a message, and, and I feel like this is one of those things where, where I think the Lord really wants to do a deep work in us, uh, sometimes humor is a necessity. So drum roll, please. I'm going to try a fig for the very first time. It's a really big raisin, but crunchy in the middle. Thank you. There's seeds. Um, I am eating the whole thing. Um, it's not bad. Not as bad as I thought it would be. It is sweet, but it's not as sweet as a raisin. Or can I hear an amen for cra- uh, craisins? Anybody like craisins here? Just to let you know, anybody that wants a Daniel fast, you can't eat craisins because they have sugar in them. I hate to break it down. I know I, someone thought it was funny. <laughs> now the the fig that that I just ate was, 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 is simply different than what was in the Middle East. They didn't, they didn't have the dried fig, right? That didn't, I mean, maybe that might've existed, but what was so special about the fig tree there is it was a fresh fig. And if I could have found that in town, uh, as I called the, the local co-op here, uh, they told me they did not have any fresh figs because there were, they were not in fig season which I'm uh, you know, obviously disappointed in as an, an American that I don't get what I want all the time, <laughs> but touche. What I'm trying to tell you when it comes to pruning, when it comes to the, the fig and bearing fruit is the possible outcome of pruning may lead to fruit and that fruit produces the proof of discipleship. And what I told you already is I want to lean into this idea and talk a little bit about kindness and goodness in, the, in these words. They're actually very, very similar in the Greek. They, they actually are pretty close to the same meaning. And when we start digging into the etymology of it, we, we begin to see that that word kindness actually carries this uh, idea of uh, idea of moral goodness and integrity. And when you start digging into it more and you actually look at the, 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 how it's uh, pronounced in the Greek, it actually is very similar to another word that we use quite often. And that word is Christ. In fact, Theologians believe that that word is actually used for purpose because there's supposed to be this mirroring concept between what it means to be kind and who Christ is. In fact, what people believe is this word for kindness was used a lot of times in the uh, what would be the word? It would be the. Uh, let me just make sure I get it right here. The virtue, the virtues. Of how a slave should act in those days. And so people believe that that Paul is using this reference to mirror the good attributes of a slave to who and what Jesus did for us. So that's the word kindness. Uh, uh, The goodness word is, like I said, very similar. It has this upright in heart connotation, along with carrying humility. So with kindness, it has this moral goodness and integrity, with goodness as an upright in heart and humility, but both carry the connection of generosity. That whatever way we want to take these words, let us not forget that both of them are, are, are supposed to be carried with a generous approach. And I'm not talking about finances. I am talking about how good and how kind we are and how often we are those things. So when squeezed, when squeezed in our world, what comes out? See, we live in an amoral world, and in this world, we're surrounded with unkindness and a lack of goodness. That's just what we see, and it's evident on our social feeds, right? In the human experience, we we experience attacks, and honestly, with evil intent. For many of us, we've been violated by other individuals. We've been wronged. We've experienced hurt. We have experienced pain. We've been betrayed and we're just riddled, riddled with disappointment. And when we live within that kind of context and and that's our life experience i can just tell you from personal experience the last thing you want to be is kind and good to a world that is the exact opposite towards you y'all get what i'm saying there And if we're not careful, what happens is those things like the the evil intent and violation and wrong and hurt and pain and betrayal and disappointment begins to embed within our souls and they become agents of death and darkness within us. And this is where my illustration comes into play. Those things like evil intent, violation, being wronged, experiencing hurt and pain and betrayal and disappointment, they're quite a bit like the fig wasp. Some of you are like, well, a fig wasp? Dude, I, have, I completely geeked out on the fig tree this week. In fact, I have a new retirement goal. And when I become when I when I get of age, I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna move to California and start a fig farm. That's how much I enjoy it. And you're all welcome to vacation with me. So, but as I was was studying the fig reproduction system for for the fruit, really, or at least begin to believe uh, what was going on there, I, I, I was absolutely fascinating and I, fascinated by it. And I, I thought, you know what? What could we glean from the reproduction of the fig. The first thing you have to understand is this, is the fig fruit is not a fruit. It's actually an inside out flower. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Inside a fresh fruit is actually trapped within hundreds of flowers and they're trapped within a fleshy skin. It's hundreds of flowers trapped within a fleshy stem in essence. And this is where the fig wasp comes in. For every fresh fig, there is a fig wasp. And what happens is this, and and try to follow along this, uh, upon that season where the bud begins to grow, uh, eventually a fig wasp full of pollen will make entry inside of this bud. And when this small little wasp makes an entry, a female full of pollen, it will enter into that fig. And as it's entering it, it will lose and it will, will shed its wing. It actually won't shed it. The wings will be ripped off. I mean, pretty, pretty strange, right? And so now we know what's gonna happen. We, we know what's gonna happen to this, this, this wasp, this female wasp. It will not live. But before it passes on, right, in, in, uh, into uh, bee heaven, wasp heaven, <laughs> what it does is through hundreds of these flowers, it begins to lay her eggs. And as it becomes, it, it dies and it, it starts to decompose eventually and, and pollinate this bud and as this fig begins to reproduce in essence, later down the road, these fig wasps, these male fig wasps begin to hatch. And when they hatch, they begin to chew on all the other eggs, which are typically the female eggs, and it begin to release those female wasps within this fig. And the one last thing that this male wasp will do is it will bore a hole out of the fig to release the female wasp to reproduce in another fig. And some of you are like, Andy, what is your point? (laughs) I believe that there's a synergy between goodness and kindness with your ability to forgive. There is a synergy. Just like the fig wasp has with the fig tree. And if we're not careful when hurts and pains and struggles and pressures and disappointments, when they come into our life, if we're not careful, if we we just rely on ourself, what happens is those things are buried within our soul or our, our soil, and what it all it produces is rot it begins to produce death within our soul and it starts stopping, it actually start, or it stops goodness and kindness to be produced in our life. The crazy concept of this, of this symbiotic relationship that this wasp and this fig fruit or whatever you wanna call it has is in order for the fig to actually produce the fruit that it's called and and created to produce, it must let death enter. And I think a lot of us when we walk through life and we begin to experience hurts and pains or we begin to experience obstacles and and, and we have uh, issues within our life, we, we don't really know what to do with it. And so what we do is we start harboring bitterness. We start getting angry. We start honestly uh, carrying this level of unforgiveness for those around us. And God forbid God himself. And what I want to do today is get across this one idea what if we are the figs what if we are those outside flower or inside out flowers trapped in some flesh what if we are the fig what if our hurts and our pains and attacks are just like the female wasp and if let alone if not processed It stops the process of the inside out being turned to what God ordains it to be. And my question to you today is, what if we would allow the Holy Spirit to enter into those same spaces, into those same spaces where that hurt and pain has been seated? While the Holy Spirit enters into those spaces, why don't we ask Him to begin to reveal, begin to restore, and to begin to reproduce goodness and kindness through your pain? If kindness and goodness are not evident in our lives, it may point to a lack of commitment and care to the symbiotic relationship between the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's forgiving work and your heart. So in application, how can we become more like this fig? We need to dig and dung. What that means is we need to do the careful work of forgiveness. See, I believe forgiveness is the generosity of our soul. If you can remember, goodness and kindness has has, has this connection of generosity. And I believe generosity is something that needs to be exposed through our forgiveness and the forgiveness that Jesus has provided within us. See, if we begin to embrace this idea that forgiveness is the generosity of our soul and we begin to embrace the forgiveness that Jesus wants within your life, then forgiveness will be present. It will be evident to those around us. And and here's just a few handles to take away. I believe if forgiveness is present, then goodness will begin to prevail over grudges. If forgiveness is present, plant it within our soul gratitude is over grievances we'll begin to use gratitude over grievances if forgiveness is present within our soul grace will cover the grave grace will cover those dead things those hurts and those pains that we hold on to and lastly if forgiveness is present Within our life, it's planted in our soil, within our soul, then generosity outdoes greediness or greed. As I was thinking about my life and I was thinking about some disappointments that I've had, as I thought about grudges and grievances and the grave, you know, death within my soul or my own greediness. It brought me back to when I was young. One of the things that I've struggled with is a a first impression. I remember growing up and hanging out with the people that I hung out with and, and, uh, and, and, and kind of doing the activities that I, 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 would, I would do. There was seemingly always a connotation. There was always something that carried with a first impression. And that first impression typically seemed to be wrong with the character within my soul. Now, sometimes it matched. I felt mostly that it did not, and, and so through time I, I I felt like some of that that disappointment or that pain or that that like put upon me like reputation that was put on my in my soul began to just be buried within my soul and and begin to really affect how I began to see other people and I remember being at college and and and, and, and trying to to move forward and move beyond those things. But what I felt happen over and over and over is that I gave and I reciprocated a first impression upon people that I was disappointed in. Anybody know what I was saying? And I just think, man, like as I think about some of those people that I honestly held a grudge towards, Like like it, it was not fair. I should not have done that. What I'm worried about us today is that goodness and kindness will never be evident in our life unless we begin to forgive the wrongs that have been in our life. That we don't allow the Holy Spirit in his healing hands to begin for us to really absorb the forgiveness that's done in our life. Jesus today, I I sense that for some of us, if not all of us, there's some rot. There's some rage. There's some revenge. There's pains. There's hurts. There's disappointment within our souls. There's anger. There are certain things in our life, God, that that if left alone will become someone opposite to who you want us to be. And today I pray that you would do your work. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into those spaces. I pray that you would reveal those areas in our life that that God have entered and we just have stopped them and where they're at. And we just ask, Lord, that you would use and you would leverage some of those hard things in our life to become new things for your kingdom. Holy Spirit, we welcome your relationship and your forgiveness and your healing work to begin to restore us from the inside out. God, I just ask that you would just, that you would imprint in every single one of our hearts that God, we're just like that fig, we're an inside out flower that truly needs to be pollinated by your Holy Spirit's work. That our outer skin has been hardened by the lack of goodness and the lack of kindness that we've received. But we just pray that you would just rip us open today and do your work. In Jesus' name. Amen. Like a church where you just stand up and every week we take a step towards Jesus and we want to have a healthy relationship with the Holy Spirit, we just have to get to this place where we surrender again to Jesus and the work that he's done on the cross. Jesus' forgiving work on the cross will begin to release us to forgive others that we would be able to forgive, that we would be able to give goodness and kindness to those around us. And I believe it all starts with surrender. So let us make this our prayer. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's take a few moments and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work this morning.
3: situation in this room. I pray for every circumstance, God. I pray that your life will transform us today, God. I pray for the goodness and the kindness and that you will take away the pain and you will take away the bitterness and the grudges. God, we give you our life. We give you our relationships. We give you our pain. We give you our past. Please, Jesus, we just ask for you right now to come in and to breathe new life to shine a light into areas that we need to focus on, God. We give you this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Well, that was a nice challenging message, Andy. Thank you. Thank you. You know, forgiveness is something we can't ignore. And I know for my own life, I think about the moments where I have forgiven people. And there was a situation when I was younger and I had let about two and a half years ago where I sincerely hated a person and it bled into every area of my life. I had walls up of lack of trust because of that relationship um, ending so like quick and abruptly. And I remember a day where I heard a sermon on forgiveness and I my heart was pounding, I was crying, and I just knew that I needed to deal with it. And a lot of times, What I have seen happen when it comes to forgiveness is that moment where I chose to forgive. It was between me and God. It did did provide a conversation of me calling this person and saying, I forgive you, and they thought I was crazy. Um, When I shared that I hated them and that I had been struggling, but I really felt like I needed to let those words out. But that day, God freed me. And he wiped away all that time, that two and a half years of me carrying that anger and that pain and that hatred. And there's a quote that I was reading, and it says this, The greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. That's the day where we truly grow up. And when I read that, it's John Maxwell, he's my fave. When I read that quote, Today we take full responsibility, total responsibility. And I am not minimizing if you have been in an abusive situation or you have been wronged. We see how much that can affect you, but you have the choice today to forgive and you have the choice to give God all, to surrender all to allow him to bear fruit in the dry lands and the land that you may think is wasted. And that is the day where we have the choice to move forward. And I have had multiple situations where I can come up with every excuse to not forgive. But when I let God in to the, that pain, he replaces it with peace and he replaces it with purpose and joy. And so that's my prayer for you today, to let God call out those things. Maybe it's calling out a situation, a person, a relationship. Maybe it's you setting a time side in the next week and having a hard conversation. Or maybe it's between you and God and you letting go of that. And so that's our heart. That's my takeaway today is for us to take full responsibility to let him in, to let him free you of the war that maybe is in your mind or the war that's in your heart and to us walk out what it looks like for him to pour out those things because i think of my kids then the, the where i put them in the high standard of living and the high standard of calling in those hard conversations you need to forgive you need to say you're sorry are we doing those things or am i just saying sorry i'm sorry not sorry or i'm just going to ignore that and i just think like we, i look at my children and how they can forgive and then i look at adults and I see people, I don't know if you're like me, but I see people and I'm like, man, I haven't seen you in a few years and you're bitter. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you walk away, you're like, who are you? You were not like this before. I have felt like this, like this is not me. I am dying right now. I have so much anger inside me and I've had to have those gut-wrenching conversations and I wanna challenge you today to think of the child or think of that first day where you surrendered all or maybe you need that right now, but you can do this and let's be people who take responsibility and ownership and shift our attitudes no matter what environment we're in, amen? So there's my my Andy Cass nuggets, handles. Um, But today, if you are a visitor We would love to connect with you. You, We have connect cards on the seats. Please stop at the table. We have a present for you. Our heart is to help you in your next steps, and we wish you the best. Have the best week ever. Thank you for being here.